Hello there. First time go. Hello there, sir. How are number, you? Number three. I am well. How are you? I am well. I am well indeed. Goodness. Peaceful transition of power has, has begun in spite. From obviously the empire to, you know, the new republic. I mean, after tonight's, after uh, the episode we're going to review tonight, I mean, apparently, I mean, the, the transition of power, while smooth, wasn't, well, I don't know if smooth is the right word, honestly. It seems like, uh, seems like the Outer Rim maybe not, not enjoying the transition to the New Republic quite as much as we were told. But uh, All that Coruscant propaganda. You know, this is what happens when you buy in and you, you go and you say, you, you listen to the, the Flyboys in the orange, uh, you know, flight suits. Turns out mm-hmm. that uh, really, in reality, you just need to leave the outer around the hell alone. Let them do their own thing. Yeah, but, let the First Order hang out there. Because yeah. um, there, there's something weird going on out here. Don't know what it is, but we're going to need some help. Yeah. Um <laughs> I can't wait to get into this episode, if you can't <laughs> tell, because this is freaking good. Um, this is, we, we should we, probably. We got Snoke, we got Metachlorians, like, it's all kinds of stuff. Cats let's, and dogs living and get, together. Let's get the business out of the way so we can get to the fun stuff. Um, is the business the politics or the how to contact us that no one ever does? The, the you know, what are you listening to? Here's how you reach out to us. Okay, um, okay. You know, but. Uh, oh, yeah, Welcome. <laughs> welcome. The House of Nerd, uh, the the podcast for your source uh, for recaps, and tonight I think we're going to probably get into a little bit of analysis of uh, Star Wars Rebels and The Mandalorian. Um, we can now say we cover two shows. Yeah, uh, that's true. Which is fantastic. Um, we'll see how much analysis the liquor will let me do. You know, I am I am just starting into my uh, sixty minute IPA from Dogfish Head, so I am. So we got to get rolling before the analysis takes a hard, hard left. It's going to take a bend, I think, because I have some questions about what I think I just saw. Um, so mm. I, I I'm interested to see what your take on this was. Um, just another beautifully paced, just focused episode. Like, I mean this. <sighs> It feels to me like this is like Breaking Bad level writing. Like it is just phenomenal. This is, but it's. I was thinking today while I was wa- watching it again, like how how difficult it's got to be to actually write good TV, is you have to you have to maintain an overall narrative over the arc of you know eight to twelve to fifteen to you know whatever however many seasons they're going for hours instead of a movie where it's like you got. You get two hours, two and a half hours, three hours if you really want to stretch it, and you know maybe let Leonardo DiCaprio die on a <laughs> on a boat on a door die, in the middle of the ocean. die <laughs> slightly <laughs> off of a door uh, <laughs> that there was plenty of room on. By the way, she didn't. Need that's to push that's a hot take. She, she did not to. push him off that. Well, door. there's there's other there's other theories because you know he's he's kind of a you know lower class person and like mm, yeah this was fun for now. But you can't come back with me. <laughs> I had I had my fun. Hunt. I had my fun while we were in steerage. Yeah. But um, I went uh, went dumpster diving for a little while. It was good. 
we had a we had a fantastic scene in a in an old vintage was a I think it was a Model T. It sure looked <laughs> like one. It had like a great um... yeah whatever it was had a had a great great romp through the you know through that uh, wearing out many many a child's VHS. For those of you who don't know VHS, if you watch the same scene over and over, eventually it would get darker or <laughs> it would start fading out. <laughs> it would have ruined your tape. So between this and species, like. Well, we learned something about you tonight that I didn't think we were prepared for. Um, Buckle in. Buckle in, folks. (laughs) Well, we're here tonight um, to review and discuss uh, Chapter 12 of Season 2 of The Mandalorian. The first... The rest of that point, just before we go. Okay. Just so we we don't stop on the... You the, really I like enjoy watching re-watch. Species in Titanic. <laughs> um, the, the rest of that point is it is very difficult to write because you don't have that that just like focused three hours. You have to maintain a narrative not only for the forty the forty minutes, thirty minutes, hour, whatever it is, because they they seem to be pretty random for for these episodes. You have to keep like an engaging story there, but also move the overall arc of the you know three hundred hour narrative forward. And just these like, I mean, we're only. 12 episodes into this and it is like perfectly paced every episode is very like you could you could leave it as self-contained but it all drives through the overall arc which is just it's it's phenomenal i just wanted to give give a further shout out to john favre and the gang well that's a that's a good segue um it's almost like you are a uh a professional at this um but other than the species porn well we're gonna go. It's a over. good. It's a good movie. It, it species is not a good movie. Let's. It's got a place in my middle school heart. You know, but I am hot take. I, I know you guys came here for your hot takes on Titanic, but hot take. Uh, Titanic oh, yeah. soundtrack is actually fantastic. I hmm. I have many a night fallen asleep to the Titanic soundtrack. Don't Turns out we're learning a little more about you. Yeah. Dad. We were not prepared for either. I can't explain it, but I buckle up twice, folks. <laughs> yeah, my wife. My wife often asks, "What are we listening to?" It's either that. It's either Titanic soundtrack or uh, Interstellar soundtrack. Um, Interesting. Both my, my standard sleep soundtracks growing up were Jurassic Park, the first Godsmack CD, <laughs> and Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. And oh, I've since see. expanded to uh, to Friday Night Lights soundtrack because explosions in the sky are amazing that is a band not actual explosions in the sky i was gonna say i i don't think i'm a, familiar with the the band that plays explosions in your sky but apparently the band the band that does the soundtrack to friday night lights that's their name they're all instrumental band they are they're really good is it just them softly repeating full eyes clear hearts can't lose for four and a half it hours is, it is not oh. because i would throw that in the garbage oh that's disappointing <laughs> disappointing it is. I mean, you, you, there's probably a remix somewhere. For I'm sure, you can find for you. that. But we watch a lot of media, folks. <laughs> hey, look, we we're are talk- all over the place. We're talking about a TV show. Um, after talking about an animated TV show, because I'm be, I'm be real with you, like I literally. So I'm I'm working from home this week. Um, first of all, Woo! happy uh, happy free Thanksgiving to you and, and to everyone oh, yeah. listening to this. Um, happy happy day we gave the Indian smallpox you know native I, americans i'm gonna focus on the positives that came out of thanksgiving um i cranberry sauce <laughs> really love cranberry sauce i really love 
what do I really love? I really love turkey and gravy and cranberry sauce and crescent rolls. Oh my God, I can't wait for it. It is going and to be one more thing, watching the Lions lose. That's true. That is true. <laughs> I mean that every year. <laughs> that feels like that feels like my Thanksgiving is not complete without watching Dallas and the Lions lose. Now Dallas will win occasionally, but I mean, it's it's just nice to see those teams on TV. Ah, uh, tradition. Yes, that's true. So, speaking of, since we're we're doing the non sequitur, um, are you doing anything for Thanksgiving? <laughs> or are you guys going to hang out at the house? What? How we, is we are in? indeed hanging out at a house. Okay. It will be it will be near college football's most losingest team, and or if if you're you know into this into that sort of thing like conspiracy theory um that we we managed to avoid clemson oh because dear. of because of covid no, like, oh, i'm not gonna lie i was like thank god because <laughs> i didn't want to see us get just smashed by 800 points but sweet like you guys are scared of the scared of the beat down we're and covid too uh covid first but then then the beat down also mm. <laughs> Anyway, so we'll be in we'll be in the great the great state of Tallahassee. Yeah, I could do a full forty minute episode about what I think about Dabo Trump. Um but um I, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep those thoughts to myself. That'll be a bonus episode, folks. That will be a bonus episode where this this episode, this podcast becomes about college football. <laughs> um But no, uh we are you know, we're we're having my parents over. We're going to eat in our garage so we can socially distance. It's going to be delightful. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I haven't seen my parents uh, since July, so that'll be cool. Oh yeah. But anyways, I know I will get the question from my mother about your child. Um, mm. Like mom, COVID. We'll uh, right. <laughs> COVID. COVID's a thing. It is. Um, despite despite what some people might still want to say. Well, well, I'm sure the people came excitedly to listen to us talk about our Thanksgiving plans and, uh, you know, our I don't see why they would. That is what you should talk about on a game called House of Nerd. I mean, the, the, at this point, we're like 20 something episodes in. This is kind of how this this podcast starts every week. Um but and if it doesn't, I'm gonna damn well make sure it does. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to keep us on track tonight. I heard that, and I was like, "No, no, <laughs> not today, Squirrel. Satan." <laughs> We're gonna go off the little left. But let's let's go ahead and let's dive in because there's a lot to, to digest here. I feel like this is this is the first time we've ever really been able to with the Mandalorian episode. We're both in the same place. We're both able to just cover one episode of the Mandalorian, not <sighs> not three of them, and deliver you know almost two hours of content. Um, I, thank you for thank you for listening. I don't. I, I haven't gotten the updated numbers, but thank you for listening. We did. Um, interestingly enough, it seems like people do seem to like the Rebels episodes more um, a little bit. Not by much, but um, it's it's interesting. Um, we It's the hmm. same folks that are listening. We can tell based off the, the, the demographics of, you know, we get the little report of like, uh, you know, where everybody is listening from. Um, but... Uh, it seems the folks are eager for us to get through the Mandalorian and get back to Star Wars Rebels. Um, so we are eagerly going to provide that content. Um, but we're also going to watch the Mandalorian because after tonight's episode, um, 
I, I have so many questions. I think we may have just seen the birth of uh, how Palpatine survived going down that, uh, that. It's possible. We also element. may have Kyle Katarn as canon. There's a lot of coming things. soon. Yeah. There's a lot of things that I have some questions about. Um, I think we might've, we might've brought back into canon, the dark trooper, um, which is a very, very deep cut from star Wars legends, uh, EU, which is from dark forces from my favorite video game. It is. I have such fond memories of this game. It is so fascinating. Um, the things that, that are being brought back into the EU. And I think it's being done in such a clean way that they're fixing some of the continuity errors. They're, they're streamlining, they're retconning a little bit. And I don't have a problem with some of the things they're retconning. Um, but I but, like that midichlorians have made a, made a return in like a vaguely like yeah. coherent way, or I think they're going to end up explaining it more. Do you mean your M count? Um, the M yes, not the midichlorians, the M count, obviously, yeah. because that's how science would call it. But see, that's the thing, right? Okay, so let's let's get into this episode because <laughs> before we give all the spoilers away, there's like this is the one. It looks helpless. It is not helpless. Its species can move objects with its mind. The songs of Eon's past tell of battles between Mandalore the Great and an order of sorcerers called Jedi that fought with such powers. What is it? It is a foundling. By Creed, it is in your care. You expect me to search the galaxy for the home of this creature and deliver it to a race of enemy sorcerers? This is the way. I've been quested with returning this child to the Jedi. I can lead you to one of their kind. But first, we need your help on our mission. We need to hold them off until we can make the jump to hyperspace. The Jedi. Take the foundling to the city of Kaladin on the forest planet of Corvus. There you will find Ahsoka Tano. Tell her you were sent by Bo-Katan. And thank you. Your bravery will not be forgotten. This is the way. So, tonight's episode, uh, chapter 12 of season 2, entitled The Siege, um, was written by John Favreau and directed by Carl Weathers. Um, who you may recognize as our very own Grief Karga, um, who did while he or you did, may not if you don't know who Carl Weathers is. That that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say I think this episode was on par with last week's episode. Not quite as good because we don't get as many amazing reveals. That you know, there's no Bo-Katan um, on this mm. on this week's episode. But also no spiders. So there that's is a, that. That's a bonus. There is that. Um, so, Anthony, let's let's dive right into it. Um, we, we see in the very beginning, I love how they do these little recaps at the beginning of, of each episode. And it's almost like they're cueing you. Um, hey, heads up. You might want to pay attention to this because, you know, this little two minutes is going to give you there might be something you want to pay attention to. Um, I'm just going to give you a, a, a hint. That's how that's how the recaps work on all shows. Oh, well. I'm just saying. I don't write television. I just really watch television a lot. <laughs> it's like, oh, we haven't seen this character in like you know, 14 episodes. Hmm. I bet we're going to see him here because he's in the recap. <laughs> but it was great to bring. I, I mean, when I when you see him pop up, um, you know, I was racking my brain. I'm like, how do I recognize that guy? And I was like, oh, yeah, 
we carbon froze him in episode one. This is how we met um, <laughs> Demando. This, so where we left off, the good last, callback. It was a great, great callback. But we left off last week, um, where Armando had helped Bo-Katan and her her version of the Mandalorians. Um, they had taken down the Imperial cruiser, um, led by Detective Imperial Commander Bosch. Um, for those of you who who watch listen uh, listen to last week <laughs> yes or or watch bosch um you might recognize titus Bolivar, uh who made a, a cameo last week but um bo katan had set um our mandalorian off on a quest to find a certain jedi named ahsoka tano on the planet corvus um and i have to tip my hat uh to the snark because he is correct we are indeed going to do the bullshit the television does where we don't immediately meet the character we're all waiting to meet um oh yeah i i was bitterly disappointed that we didn't actually get to see ahsoka this episode um (laughs) that we didn't we didn't jump straight into like yes finally like they're gonna draw this shit out for as long as possible like this is this is gonna be like getting to the end of legend of zelda you think and then you win and then oh no now we're in the dark zone like shit now we have to go through 47 more quests to finish this thing that's i feel like that's what this is going to be like you know and i was i was going to tell you i feel like this episode of our podcast is going to be called it's a side quest um it is a side quest which they i mean he mentioned it before he's like hey we got to go see some old friends essentially like i need to go get this ship fixed because this you know admiral akbar's homies did not do a good job as we see at the very beginning they tied it together with like duct tape and string like this isn't gonna work there is obviously no osha in the star wars universe (laughs) which we will see time and time again i i don't want to get get too far ahead but there's one of my my absolute favorite moment is is pretty much an osha violation well let's i think they also have child labor i think what i think i know what you're talking about here but um you do get to see. I thought this was the first time we really get to see a lot of the personality of the child. Um, you know, I, I, the blue wire. No, red wire. <laughs> it was. It was interesting. I mean, up until this point, the child has kind of been treated like an idiot. Like he has to be protected. He's a child, right? Like he can't do these things. And all of a sudden, you know, the Mando is trusting him to. To rewire his ship. Um, I don't know if he's necessarily trusting him or he's like, shit, that needs to be fixed. It's in a tiny space that I can't get to, but who do I have? I have this child. Oh, look, I have a little chicken McNugget (laughs) that I can toss down this little hole that's hypothetically sentient. (laughs) (laughs) And it's going to, it just. Like when they back back out of it, and you see like the poof of smoke hit him in the face when inevitably, inevitably the child does not do what he was supposed to do. He does not. <laughs> poof! You're like, damn it! <laughs> like we gotta go get this thing fixed. And you knew. I mean, you know immediately. I mean, like that's that's our here's our you know reason for being in this episode. Now we've got to go back to Navarro um, because where's the one place that you know he knows that he has people he can trust. Um, so we, so we think. Well, so well, so trust, far. trust-ish. Always, as we have established, uh, that Sir Carl Weathers does not play the most uh, upstanding citizen. I think Carl Weathers has turned a corner here because, I mean, since since 
betraying he's him about twice. himself. Well, yes, he is. <laughs> I mean, he is a very utilitarian person, but he has no reason to backstab the Mando. And I think, I think at the end of this episode, we we do see there is a genuine respect. Uh, you know, he he's like he's like the marshal on Tatooine. I mean, they're not buddies. They're not exchanging, you know, Christmas cards, but they're not going to shoot each other for no reason because they kind of they're the morally gray character who's serving as the the good guy because we don't have any good guys in this story. Yeah, the grief is just more on the more on the dark than than gray. Like he's a darker shade of gray than our Marshall. I think he's becoming more gray though. I, I think he you you are absolutely right. I think he is has done things that are not ideal, but I think. As evidenced by what he does this this episode, I think, you know, we'll, we'll, he certainly doesn't vet his people. He, we'll, we'll get into that. <laughs> we'll get into that. Yes. Um, I thought this was a, a nifty a nifty little cutscene here, um, where we do we do cut back to um, where we were. You know, the the Mandalorians were under the forge. Yes, the workshop where we were hiding under you know under Navarro's city streets. Um, where we get to see the Aqualish come back, which is, this is a nice introduction. You know, the fact that we have some alien looking aliens and uh, the Mandalorian. Right. Um, Last time we saw one of this species, he was getting his arm chopped off while he was hanging out with a serial killer. That's true. That is, that's a deep cut from the EU. That's you, you have established your, your Star Wars credit credentials for this week, sir. Um, well, they're in the cantina. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you don't really know who that dude is unless you have, read the tales from moss eisley canteen or you bought the like <laughs> essential characters and vehicles books that they used to make man i missed that yeah kind of stuff. still have all of those oh yeah they're on my bookshelves love those things love i actually stuff. have that I, w- I was given as a gift i actually have blueprints for a bunch of the ships that are actually in my office right now they're they're like weathered looking blueprints and i was like oh this reminds me of the the essential guide because i i used to literally take those essential guides and i would draw them like I would draw the ships out on notebook paper, and that's, you know, that's those are the days. That's one thing that I do I do miss about Star Wars not being as popular as it was. And I think, you know, I think people that like Star Wars have always sort of, you know, damn it, I'm going to like it regardless. But it's interesting to me that Star Wars has become so popular. Yeah, you know, I was talking to my wife about this the other day, and like it's become cool to like Star Wars. And like when we were, this is the age of the nerd when we were kids. If you like Star Wars, you made fun of. You got hit in the face for like, you know, liking Star Wars. I just It's a good thing I was a good I was good at fisticuffs. Yes. <laughs> a nerd that can fight is very very good. A young ruffian <laughs> you were. Um <laughs> yeah, young ruffian. But back to back to our our forge or our workshop here. Um we get we get reintroduced to Kara. Um Kara Dune is back um where she we learned she's now the marshal of the planet of Navarro. Um, which is cool to see that she is not, you know, she's not just kind of disengaged. I think, yeah. and it's, it, I got a little confused every time they said the marshal. I'm like, wait, what the fuck? Like, no. Oh, okay. It's her. She's the marshal of these planets, not the character, the marshal. And I'm like, okay, got it. And I have, I, I, we can't talk about her without acknowledging that um, there's some real world stuff that, that, Maybe yeah, maybe affecting the writing that may be happening for this character. Um, she has not exactly been the most uh, 
welcoming of people yeah i mean i'm trying to i'm trying to to be polite about this um so they <laughs> like actively insulting people on twitter she, for their views. she has the right to feel what she wants um but i think you know i was reading something on on twitter today about her specifically um but we're talking about gina carana who plays um cara dune but i think that there's a possibility that there's opening the door for her to be leaving the series um yeah, to just in case that political heat gets a little bit too or hot. she doesn't shut her mouth um which yeah. again she has the right to have her opinions i don't begrudge her that um <laughs> some of her opinions are just a little offensive in my opinion um which you know like if you wear masks you're an idiot and you should die yeah that would be one of them that's one, that's of, them. one of them i mean that, that that's a little bit harsher than i think she actually said it but look i mean she's she is who she is she's a person she's allowed to, we're allowed to disagree with her she's allowed to disagree with us um but and we're also allowed to not watch things that she is in because you can't separate her from her her acting character that's the problem like if you saw say a white supremacist that was in power somewhere and you're like you know what i don't really want to support that i don't have to that that's the problem for me um I, you know, and I, I I binge these right, so I was holding off on season two to want to get into this. I binge them, and I love her character. I think it's a great character to have, like a this hard battle hardened Republican, a Republic, you know, dropship trooper, and um, an actual like female character that's not just you know damsel in distress kind of. Which Star Wars isn't isn't really damsel in distress kind of kind of writing. Yeah, but I just. But it's nice to have, like, kind of a badass, like, you have Bo-Katan, you got her, like, some badass, like, actual female characters. And she's a great character. I mean, genuinely, like, she, they don't ask her to do much. Um, you know, she's not... Out, Go shoot that. <laughs> she's not out here delivering, you know, large monologues. Um, but but for what she is... Yeah. What, there, there's, like, some horrible <laughs> acting halfway through this episode that I was like, oh, my God. You, like, it, it just took me straight out of the episode. You wouldn't expect a dropship trooper, a paratrooper, to be out here, like, quoting, you know, doctrine or, or leading... Shakespeare. Shakespeare. I was trying to go with, you know, some, something military there. But, um, no, look... Patton. No, wait, he's not very... <laughs> he's not super eloquent either. No, I mean, look, I, I like the character. I like the character of Cardoon a lot. I like what she stands for. I like the fact that she's a little bit conflicted. She doesn't want to be 100% involved in the galaxy, but she's involved against her will. Um, but I think we're going to see as this episode goes on, the writing may be on the wall, um, or at least may, the door may be open. Um, for her to depart this show if if she um or or the people that make this show if someone so chooses yeah. if one of the parties so chooses but anyway we also find out in this in this episode that she does not well at least in the first part of it that she does not give a shit about space fair no no but i thought which i guess is a lava meerkat but whatever I... Like, I think she does. Space I think the fact that she's still feeding it towards the end of the episode, I thought that was sweet. Um, I was yeah by the end of the episode, but here she's like, really? I was going to be really surprised if they let that Aqualish cut the head off of that like meerkat looking deal, and I was going to be like, well, right? Um, yeah. Oh damn! Like, going going hard. A week after here. a week after the child eats the eggs of a you know sentient being. The next week, we're caught cutting off meerkats' heads. Like John Favreau is working through some stuff here. I mean, jeez, um, he, was, he was bit by a ferret as a small child. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
that, fuck that parrot. That maybe he might have some experience with that um, from his past. But um, tweet us, tweet us if you were bitten by a ferret in a small child. <laughs> I pray, I pray to all that is holy that we do get someone who just, just no context. I was, I was bit by a ferret. Um, that would be absolutely <laughs> outstanding. Um, so we we get the scene where Kara just wrecks shop. Uh, on these robbers um and she you know picks up her own little i I view this as her own little child right like you know she has she clearly has a soft spot for the child um which we're gonna see that grief absolutely has a soft spot for the child in just a moment um but (laughs) it was a very cute it was wasn't it like i it's there's something about this next scene when the razor crest lands um on the outskirts of navarro city um you know seeing grief and Kara standing there smiling and waiting for him. That's why I, I think like grief is while maybe not exactly, you know, a, a total good guy. I think he's coming around to the idea of being a good guy or at least being, he, he's, he's like a poor man's Lando. You know, that's a good, that's a good analogy or a poor man's Han Solo, like making the best of, of the opportunity. No, I would not give him Han Solo. I dis I disagree. You don't think he's Han Solo. with Han Solo. <laughs> you don't think he's Han Solo or has characteristics. Most assuredly, most assuredly, he is not a Han Solo. Mm. You know, he he is a backup character at best. Well, I mean, I'm not talking about strictly in terms of you know, can he carry the show? But I'm saying like as a morality a morality piece, he's you know he's the freaking judge of the city now. Like he's the mayor, the judge. He's kind of rolled up into one. And without judging, judging from our own, our own culture, I don't, that, that doesn't give him any moral high ground. Well, <laughs> I've, I've been around a lot of judges yes. and they are giant pieces of yes, shit. Yes, But in this, in this world and what we're dealing with here, I think seeing the change in Navarro city, you, you see it immediately. You see people versus the last time we were here. This was like a deserted city. People were running, you know, trying to stay out of notice from others. And now with the Empire gone, like this place is thriving. I mean, for an outer world system, like they they're not not doing too poorly. Um, There's a school. That was cool. Was it not to see that there? I I did love this. Love that scene with with little Yoda being just essentially a, a brat. Like, he's just he's just stealing other kids lunches, which also, now we have space macros. Did you see how that they're they're now marketing these for fifty dollars a piece? I was like, excuse me, what macrons? You can buy them. You can buy the space macrons. They're, I make. They're those. selling them, <laughs> but you can buy them in the color that they're made in for fifty dollars. And I will. I make them in that <laughs> color. What is happening but here? Just... Reach out to me. I will make you blueberry macrons. Uh, this. This was great. I mean, oh my god! Did did you for a second think when he was like staring at him, he was going to Jedi mind trick? I knew that the Force was going to be involved. Yes, I was hoping it was a like Jedi mind trick that he was like, "Oh, actually, here you go. You can have some." And then he just like straight like, them. Yoink! <laughs> like, nope, mine. And by the time the kid realizes they're gone. He's already at least eaten one because he's got crumbs all over himself. <laughs> he's just like just just nomming down on these this things. This thing is hungry all the freaking time. Where does he put all this? Who food? is selling these for fifty dollars? What is happening? I can't get it. I can't get. Uh, we're gonna put a link to this in, in the show notes. Oh my god! No, do not give them your business. <laughs> Fuck those people <laughs> selling five macarons for fifty dollars. <laughs> 
Jesus, go to Publix, get them for, go to your local grocery store, get them for a dollar yeah, a piece. Yeah, but like, if you buy them from Star Wars, calm it down. they're in the, the nifty foil packet, and it looks like it's from space. <laughs> so, I mean, you know. Um, okay. <laughs> so, question for you. Capitalism. <laughs> question, right? So, and I'm going to give away a spoiler here, but um, the, the workers who are working on, on the Razor Crest, um, we find out at the end of the episode that one of these guys is actually working for the Empire. Did you have any suspicion about these two at all? Any? No, they're, I mean, their background, you'd think of it as, they, I, I feel like they set it up well in the last, the episode before last with the, you know, the little gonk droids, or not gonk droids, whatever they were, the episode one pit crew mm-hmm. droids, like fixing stuff where it's like, oh yeah, just go take care of that. And that's all he's doing here. He's like, ah, go take care of that. Same thing with the, you know, the Mon Calamari. It's yeah, go, go take care of that. They're all, they're all just background. Nobody thinks about them until mm-hmm. yeah, now it's suddenly a huge problem. And see, that's the, that, I, I guess that was the thing for me is that I, when I, like you were saying earlier, when you're watching TV and someone can surprise you or someone can like shock you, I didn't see this coming at all. Like at all, and I was thrilled to like when you have a twist like that. That that was just it was great. I mean, apparently the the worker is is something called a, a membanese. Um, I don't know that we've actually ever seen a, a membanese sure. in, in Star Wars before, one that's mattered. But um, yeah, sounds like somebody did some research. Kind of like we're professionals. Uh, we're twenty plus episodes in. You know, we might might as well do a little bit of research. Profe- profession professional professional. I'll send you a couple dollars. You send me a couple dollars, and we can say we've gotten money and we are professionals at podcasting. And then our wives will will have to let us keep doing this because we're making money doing yeah. it. Um, but I- <laughs> they'll never see it because <laughs> I, I, it doesn't exist. I thought it was interesting um, that. You know, you get a couple of things here, and I, just very minor, very geeky things. But when we're back, back to where we're in the school, um, the droid that's teaching the class is a protocol droid. <laughs> did you notice what they were teaching, or what the droid was teaching them about? I did all about Kessel. Yep. So, are they training the next Han Solos to make the run in less than twelve? See, parsecs? I think this ties into. I think what they're doing here, what or at least in my head, what they were doing is they're talking about trade routes, right? And, and so. The whole point of what Grief is about to ask um, Armando to do is because he wants to set this this planet and this city up as the major trade hub for the system. And I think what they're trying to do here is to set up the idea of we're training people to be good traders because they know where where are the trade routes, um, how do you, what's the best one, how, where you know what goes where. Like there's a mention of something called the core and then the deep core. Follow these orbits. Yeah, like that's. That it's like setting up dominoes, right? Where they're like little things that if you pay very, very, very close attention to, you can kind of string. I feel like that character in It's Always Sunny um, in Philadelphia, where he's got the strings, oh, yeah. and I'm like, all the conspiracy. It all lines up. Charlie. It all lines up. Charlie Day. Um, God, such a good show. <laughs> but uh, the other thing that you they're so terrible. The other thing you can kind of kind of tie in or if you're listening very closely you may have already known this if you if you read the aftermath books um but the particle droid does talk about the fact that the new republic's capital has moved um from where it was on coruscant um to trangela which is the home of mon mothma um so it's been mentioned before but again it's just that little bit of like world building to me which 
when when everyone was super upset, they're like, "What the hell? Why would why does this system, random system that Starkiller base is blowing up matter?" Mm-hmm. It's like, oh well, my, I I feel like that's one of the big problems with the like the biggest problem with the new trilogy is that you can't just watch it; you have to watch it, read comics, read books. Like you you've got to you've got to buy in fully to the entire Star Wars like universe. Like, throw yourself in one hundred percent, or you're gonna be like, what? Wait, I don't understand. Why did this happen? And see that those movies were essentially like wikipedia links and you have to like pause it click on the link so you can go oh okay now i understand mm-hmm. how we got here. it's that was that was the biggest problem other than that like if you're if you're fully bought into this this whole universe and you are reading and consuming everything you can because you just love it and you're maybe made a podcast where you get slightly liquored up and chat <laughs> about it um you're probably gonna enjoy those a lot mm-hmm. more than if you just watched them and you're like what happened? I I feel like I didn't see part of the. Who movie. were those people? Why were they? You know, why does exactly. it matter? It, this is so. This is just another example of it, and this is even a mainstream version of like, oh, okay. people can go back and go, oh, I got it. They they did say that. It just it and adds it, to it. Just it adds to mm-hmm. that. That's all that this. I mean, this is good enough on its own. Again, like you're right. You can go engage and just watch, you know, the, the movies. And like a ton of people do. <laughs> One through yeah. six. You can. But if you if you engage and you're like, I don't know. That's, I think, the difference between people that just want to watch the movies and people like me and you who are like, I need to know more about the Trandrilla system. How many planets are there? Why did the, you know, why did they? <laughs> Which way do yeah. they orbit? Which systems are happening? What's the government like? Who? What's this? And that's the thing yeah. where, like, it's like when you get to the end of a great book. I don't know this much about my own, like, world. exactly. <laughs> but it's like when you get to the end of the great of a great book. I'm always the one who's sitting there going, "What happened the next day?" And like, Star Wars <laughs> does that where they're like, "Don't worry, we got you." Like, we're going to be talking about it. <laughs> just, just click, just click next. There'll be another book or another comic or exactly. another exactly. Exactly. Um, so, so now that we've dissected the one line of throwaway dialogue about how you know there's there is a government change, um, we've we've dropped our <laughs> a, a new a new seat. Washington D.C. has moved. I mean, exactly. the capital of the. You know, if you think about it, um, at the end of Return of the Jedi, they are tearing down statues. Um, so parallel. Where have we, where have we seen uh, that before? I don't know. I don't know. Just I was thinking Saddam Hussein, well, but I know others might not. I, I might be talking about like statues of like Confederate generals, but you know. Anyways, um, I've seen the latest statues of forty-five, mm. like and those that are getting torn down, and really, it's just some guy's shitty van on the side of the road that says fifty percent off MAGA gear. Yeah. <laughs> I love watching that statue. Get we torn almost down. made it the whole episode without me thinking about him. Um, Actually, that's not true. I called Dabo Swinney, uh, I think Dabo Trump earlier. So you did, yeah. All right, never mind. That's our that's our little sign. Now we're going light on the politics this week because it's Thanksgiving and it's a, this is a happy time. Um, and I'm giving thanks that we don't have to have, him don't have to worry about him. Anymore. That that hopefully he's going to be uh, taken out and maybe by Marines, put in a New York prison, <laughs> maybe somewhere. by Marines. Um, <laughs> so. So the Mando and Grief and um, Kara are making their way. They make their way into what I assume is the, the magistrate's office. Um, this is where we do get the reintroduction of the Mithril um, character, uh, which we saw in the, the brief interlude or the recap at the beginning. 
um, after his creative accounting. How freaking great <laughs> was the his reaction to seeing the Mando? I don't know what that was, or I guess that's something that you know his speech <laughs> the does. the scare the scare reflex. Uh, that was fantastic. <laughs> And you see later in the episode, too, they call back to it um, when he's out on the lava plains. Again, this is another little thing that if you're not like, and I may be drawing lines where there aren't lines, but they just draw back to the fact of he's like, I'm getting dehydrated and something with his species. You know, he clearly creates or he he needs, you know, more moisture or water. Um, I just I thought that was really creative that they they tie these things together and they reinforce them. Um but seeing the Mithril get so worked up at seeing the Mando again. Um, <laughs> I still can't see the Mando die. That's... And again, so, which also harkens back to Jedi when Han is blind after coming out of exactly. the carbon. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that. There's so many tiny things. Little things that. Tuscans uh, ride single file to hide their numbers. It, it's all tied in, and it's, it's, it's all Favreau and Filoni. These guys have grown up watching Lucas make the Star Wars universe. And now that they're getting their chance to, to play in the sandbox, they're not disappointing. And it just, it makes me so, so excited to think about the kids or the people who are, you know, watching this now. And in 20 years, they're going to get their chance to play in this universe. And like, that's why it was so important that George relinquish control of this and let, you know, other people make movies and TV shows. A, a- a bunch of tiny little love letters to fans and all throughout and this. Although I did see an article today about Lucas's, what he said he originally planned for the third trilogy. And I'm like, that sounds pretty badass. Oh, but we can get into that. We can get into I that I haven't later. seen that yet. But um, that'll be our, that'll be our uh, stinger. There to we the show. go. Um, so we get to our, our true side quest. Um, now that we're truly 40 minutes into our episode, uh, we find out. That how we roll <laughs> tonight's the goal of tonight's episode is going to be that even though we've beaten uh, Moff Gideon um, and presumably killed him, which we know is not true at this point, um, right? Uh, there is still an imperial base left on the planet that seems to serve no purpose, um, and it's pre- yeah, just this abandoned base. A couple people there, a lot of stuff there that could be sold. We need to we need to get rid of because it could it could end up hurting the planet. And and again, this. For my well, this is the last. This is the last bastion of the M- empire on this planet. And if they get that off the planet, they will be yeah. free. It's kind of their their line. It's it'd be like having having one more like red coat mm-hmm. base in the colonies. You're like, well, as long as they're here, we're not free. Mm-hmm. Well, so we we get this little bit of a, an interlude here where the Mithril um, is enticed by by the magistrate grief and uh, to drive out um, Kara and, and him and the Mando out to the base. Which is... Enticed. That's a nice way of saying Well, that. I mean, he's, he's forced to, but he's also given the, <laughs> the option, you know, he loses in like a 385 year, you know, indenture. Yeah. It's down to like two thirty. So like, that's, that's not bad. I mean, he survived. Um, he's down to like, I mean, I don't know what their lifespan is for that species, but you know, down to like just two life sentences. Instead of one. <laughs> I mean, still, like, oh, good. Still, that's it's something. But um, we get out to this this base, um, and we of course it's locked. Of course, we can't get into it. Um, and we get sort sort of locked because it's not rated for lava. <laughs> it's not rated for Mandalorians either. Um, <laughs> the the controls are just melted. 
you get to see this was great here the mando flying up to the landing platform um i thought i thought this was callback <laughs> this was a callback to like rebels where this is the kind of breaking and entering they do where they're fighting a, a clearly outnumbered force um there are they're outnumbered um at that point they don't know they're outnumbered they're, they're just like oh this is a skeleton crew mm-hmm. and he just like rockets up and launches one of them just yeet i'm throwing you <laughs> over the top yeah. of this this uh I do feel like it was a missed opportunity to not get the Wilhelm scream on on this one. Yeah, but we had a Wilhelm scream last week. Did, so we should have. There were so many people falling this week. I do feel like there was one later that's like a slowed down uh, version of it. Like it sound. It was not like the. It was like. Rah. No, that definitely was. Like, oh, huh. That definitely was. Um, because he's about to get a face full of lava. Um, right. But it it was like a like a modulated version it wasn't the actual one which i would be interested to know if that was if that was intentional and if my if my ears were deceiving me or not just just out of curiosity yeah i think it would be interesting to see what what they actually I, it's got to be I mean, star wars is littered with wilhelm screams um but <laughs> it's kind of a thing <laughs> so we get to see um where din uh he he breaks into the base he lets our crew in just by strictly by throwing people off of landing platforms. Um, and this was cool here because you get a call back to Rebels um, where we're, when we're on the landing platform, we do get to see a, a tre- Trexler Marauder, um, which you guys will remember from last season. It was in the last episode, the thing that disgorged the squadron of stormtroopers. Um, this is the thing we talked about earlier in Rebels where they're just strapping people to the outside of the ship and like parading them for, like over savannas to get them into town just just another little you know tiny little callback or or tie-in um i appreciated seeing this i thought it was creative it's a way to kind of reinforce that this is the same universe we're playing in um so we we move from that pretty quickly um still thinking this is a an abandoned base um we get that scene where the the idiot security officer is like why are the security cameras not working? Hey guys, it, it's <laughs> do to do. It's it's not. Why am I seeing static instead of something on the screen? Like, I I don't know many security officers. I, I presume you know more than I do, but like, they can't all be that stupid, right? I mean, I mean, you see how often tech goes bad normally. Just like your your phone locks up. So I, I feel like it's the same thing where you're like, God damn it. Like, okay, does anybody else see this? What is, is it just my screen? What is, what is wrong here? What's going on? And then he gets just like choked out. <laughs> At least uh, Cara Dune's getting to use some of her MMA training. That is true. Uh, but I, I don't, I don't feel like it's outside the realm of possibility for him to just be like, son of a bitch, here it is again. Like this stupid things on the fritz and like, just, we just miss him like hitting the screen a little bit just to see if it'll come back on. Like, hey, is this just my is my screen the only one that screwed up? So it it makes sense to me a, a little bit because he wouldn't immediately go, oh god, someone is attacking. Is who's attacked like mm-hmm. ever at this place? Like never. So it's it's like the those poor guards that are you know, guarding the prison that the in rebels that he comes up, drops down, and just like starts tossing them overboard. 
like that shit's never happened of course they're gonna be a little lax this is their you know 700th day on duty i'm sure or whatever it is and they've just been sitting there with nothing happening and then suddenly it does (laughs) (laughs) well i think okay so let's let's go in chronological order because we're getting to the meat of this this episode here and the, the good stuff um so we the the purpose of the raid on this base we we now know that the base is not abandoned or at the very least it's it's guarded um and so we get into this really kind of funny kind of humorous scene where we make the mithril climb on this <laughs> no guardrails this is the osha violation platform um where he, which i literally while i was watching this i was like there's no guard why is he complaining about guard i looked at chris and i was like there's why is he complaining about guardrails? There's no guardrails in anything. Like it's been a like what is happening? <laughs> Which was hilarious that they actually acknowledge that there are no guardrails anywhere. He's like, there's no safety rails. I'm like, where the hell are there safety rails in Star Wars? Like <laughs> you have a hangar with just like a pit in it. And they're just like, don't walk there. <laughs> if, if you walk there, you're gonna Stay die. Stay away from this place. See, this is what would happen if we didn't have OSHA. That's true. Hashtag socialism. That's, hey, look, you brought it back around. You <laughs> yep. managed to bring it back around. Union, unions for the workers. Like, the, the stormtroopers obviously do not have a union because these fuckers are having to, like, crawl out on, like, a two-foot platform. Oh. Like, shimmy their way around. I Watching it again today, I was like, why why didn't they just have a grate over that whole area? Like what what would have been the problem with that? Why did they need to have a two foot platform? You gotta shimmy your way out to do this. They... Especially something that's like it's keeping the keeping the lava at bay and using also, fun fact, even the Empire uses green energy. <laughs> it's, it's that's hydrothermal. That's what we're that's what we're doing here. Like so the really the only empires that aren't using hydro you know, some sort of green energy or, you know, China, America. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's a short, it's a short Why? Line. Speaking of empires, but they're even using that. But the controls that leave that fucking like lava to bay that you would think if something went wrong, you got to get there quick. And they're like, nah, we're going to make this super dangerous. And how, like, instead of just making it how bigger. How does the missile <laughs> know what to do? Like, I mean, obviously it's a slider, like, why would you set a slider that would allow you to raise the temperature from lava? I mean, there's so many questions I have here about why, why are we putting this in such a hard place to get to? Why would you make it so that all someone has to do is touch screen that thing and go raise the temperature? Like, no, it should all only go one way where you're like, Hey, lower the temperature more. I think of it. I can, I can look at my phone and as long as it can see my face, I could spend $30,000 on a car and have it delivered to my no home so there's a lot of stupid shit you can do really yeah (laughs) yeah this is this was a little a little interesting um but it's like having what was the the other one where you have like the self-destruct button in the in the ship like are they what was it they turn off the transponder buttons that would make you appear to everyone in the universe that you don't want to see as like the most obvious like push the little red button like right there that you could accidentally hit. Turn on your transponder. It's like, oh, it's like next to the next to the talk button for Tom. Some, something yeah. else. Yeah, like, and you're like, oh shit, I pushed the wrong one. Uh, well, now the Empire sees. Oops. Um, <laughs> no, I I think this is it's a great plot device, uh, but also 
I think John Favreau has a thing for lava. Like, there's been a whole lot of lava and like lava planets, and like Star Wars seems to just love lava. Like, I, I mean, between this and Mustafar, it, it does look. It cool. does. It makes for a great, a great shot cinematically. You're, you are right about that. But um, no, I just. I, that's it. That's that's my theory. Is that it looks cool. So we we raise the the temperature. We cut off the coolant. Um, that's keeping this this lava planet from you know destroying or the lava from destroying the base. Um, and immediately upon leaving this area, we run into stormtroopers, which you know naturally feels like this is what we're supposed to do. Um, we, it's at this point, like I mean, we kind of knew this base was important. But I feel like at this point, we know something really, really serious is happening I, here. I was still like, oh, okay, cool. They're just going to get out until they turn the corner and that you hear those guys say, purge it, wipe purge it. I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah, wait, something else is here. This isn't just a regular base. Yeah, this, this was cool um, because you get to see these guys are trying to purge these drives. Clearly there's something on there. They don't want, you know, others knowing. And, and ultimately they end up trying to shoot the, shoot the computer, which apparently he does not shoot it enough or properly. Um, Maybe he's got the same level of accuracy as most of the stormtroopers. Yeah. And we do see, can't, can't shoot the computer two inches away from him. Cause you know, well, I mean, they don't use you guns. Look at the Aqualish earlier in the episode. They also had piss poor aiming, so I think it may be something with this universe um, that just is just terrible. At, they're awful at shooting. Um, you know who's really really good at shooting and doesn't miss? Who's ever? that? Mando. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mando every, Holy every, shit. every time he aims. Um, he is, he is like sniper rifle accurate with that little pistol. I like that little pistol, honestly. Like. The- it's great. becoming it's becoming a classic or a little bit more iconic. Like it's like Hans Blaster, um, but I think of it as like good, the bad, and the ugly. Like revolver, like it it really cries, you know, old Western revolver to me. Well, that's the feeling that I've been, you know, that I think we're supposed to be getting about this series is this yeah. is the old West it's space um, Western. But so we get this, we 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 understand that these scientists are trying to purge this this you know core drive or whatever it is they do a terrible job because who pops up on the screen but our good friend dr pershing um who you we have we've seen may remember from the first season um and he he's gonna talk about some things which i know he's talking but the entire time that he's talking i the thing that i took away from this this scene is not his discussions but what's floating in him or floating in the tanks that are lining the walls uh, behind him um, which theory? I guess theory is that that is that is failed Snoke. Yes. Which uh, I paused it on it and looked at it. And I'm like, maybe like like that could be a shitty like Play-Doh version of Snoke. But like, what if it's what if it is what if it's not Snoke? What if it's something else? Well, remember this is you know now when you get Rise of or not Rise of Skywalker, but um the the beginning of the the sequel trilogy is set 30 years after. Um, Return of the Jedi, and we're only like a year, I think, after the Return of the Jedi and the Mandalorian. So, it was, uh, I mean, the last, the last, uh, or the Marshall episode, we just saw the second Death Star get yeah. exploded. Like as as that happened, yeah. I mean, so we're like right at the this end. is not the, the war has 
literally not ended yet. Um, we've entered the Cold War phase of you know the the rebellion, but I just I think that I think the implication to me because our Docker is talking about the M count, which I'm taking to mean midichlorians. Um, and yeah. I actually heard it on something. Someone was talking about the MC count, and I'm like, no, no, that's not what they said. They said M count. Yes. But they like automatically put in the MC, just like, oh no, it's midichlorians. Which no, no, M count. It's so. a deep pretty sure like kind of a cool way to bring it back it's a deep cut since yeah it was, go ahead go ahead just since it was just like panned it was like midichlorians this is bullshit why is it like osmosis jones let's go with that so mm. it like i think this is an interesting way to bring it bring it back in in like a logical way like okay it's not just these fucking skywalkers that have these midichlorians like that it's that it's a genetic thing in all of us. It's just a little more active in some people. And that's how you can kind of access this, the life force that's around everything that binds it together instead of just kind of being aware well, of it. It makes sense to me that it would be an M count because if you remember with Qui-Gon and Anakin and uh, Phantom Menace, well, he takes a blood sample of Anakin to send Obi-Wan, which means to me that this was an established process where they were checking midichlorian counts in the blood. Palpatine is from that same era. So he would have ingrained right. in the empire that this is what you're looking for is this little, you know, whatever it is in people's blood. Um, like the DNA you're looking for essentially like, do they have the, the DNA piece, like the mutagen for the X factor, whatever it and is. And I think it's important to note that Dr. Parrish or Dr. Pershing, um, he's just kind of touching on like, some, they're doing something with the child's blood. Uh, clearly, like the child's blood is what they're referencing. They which, need more of it. Which they they got after that. Like as soon as Mando dropped them off, they apparently got yeah. after it because they they ran out of that blood. And they're like, we can only take so much, or the kid would die. So we need more. But he says something about that the subjects or the volunteers are meeting a regrettable fate. It, it implies, I think, it closes the loop on why does Snoke look this way? I mean, something is happening with the mutations on these, these people that they're trying to clone or that they're experimenting on. You, you can't do this. You can't just take another creature's blood and put it in you because it has the force. And all of a sudden you've created a force being like, I just, but there's gotta be something there. Something already, is work. Yeah. That that's the volunteers are going to meet the same fate because they don't have the base to handle it, but you could, hypothetically make a more powerful force I think user, that's maybe? where we're headed is, is I think so. you know and then Dr. Pershing says you know and the, the takeaway here is that that Armando is finally on the same page that you know Moff Gideon is not dead because he realizes that this broadcast is only a few days old um, and that you know someone he thought he had killed is in fact still alive and still going to be hunting him which immediately causes the Mando to panic um, and, and to peace out and head back to town because he's got to protect our child. Um, which I thought is it's interesting, but I thought it was important that the Mando, what I thought was going to happen here is that the Mando is not going to be the one to always save the day, um, which we're going to see. Although on his way out, 
it was pretty badass when he shoots up to the top of that and blasts those two dudes before you even yeah. see him. But, like that was I was like, this is well, he's sick. he's the, he's Billy Badass. I mean, that is his role is yeah. to be Billy Badass. That's where we get the Wilhelm scream is as he throws the mm-hmm. like, one of those stormtroopers gets thrown thrown down to the lava. You hear like the that I would be very curious if that is the Wilhelm scream slowed mm-hmm. down. But now we we've got Kara and Grief and our myth role. They're trapped and they've got to get out of this station. Um, so call back uh, to our Trexler Marauder, which is hanging in the bay. Um, good, good thing there's a there's a classic car sitting out there, sitting right ready there. to ready to go. Um, so we get the the terrible the terrible <laughs> the one the line that's like, "What are you waiting for? <laughs> get in!" <laughs> like, oh my god, like, why why did you? Oh, there's no sense of urgency. It's like you're reading it off a uh, teleprompter. Like, come on, man. Like, I know you're an MMA fighter, but geez, act like you haven't had too many blows to the head. How cool? <laughs> Let's how go. cool was this to see? I mean, you get this this great scene where the Marauder crushes the speeder that they came in. You get the Mithril screaming about, is that my speeder? <laughs> um, I have a question for you. And I mean, as our resident military expert, we know that we have we have speeder bikes that are on a landing platform. The, oh, this was right? so stupid. <laughs> like, Presumably, oh my God. The, I, these guys have launched from this platform at least once in the past, right? What the right. hell? I turned to Chris and I was like, "Is there is there no better way to do this? Like, did they not have a better plan than just like yeeting themselves off the side <laughs> of this base? Like, was that and that crashing was it? into each other as looked, they come down? It looked what the hell." If if that had not happened, I'd been like, hell yeah, like that is badass. Because the scout troopers are hypothetically supposed to be a little bit higher class. Like you, I think of like scout snipers or like you know marine recon, like those kinds of like those are pretty badass dudes. Like I think of that, like the scout troopers, and these just fucking buffoons just like launch themselves off, like hope this works <laughs> into <laughs> each other and rock. And then the dude like rams into it, like his buddy. I'm like, what is what? happening? What the hell? It, it felt it felt very very grab ass. Like this is like no, I, this is like the one part. I like this is stupid. Well, like I, come on. I did like. I thought there was some great scenes here where you know like. There'd be so many better ways to get those like bikes off of there. They would not have those station like staged there if you could not get those down to be able to actually functionally use them without just trashing into a bunch of rocks on the way down. But you do, or are they? They haven't had any action. I, I guess I suppose you could look at it that way. They haven't had any action. They're so excited, and he's just like, "Whoa!" Like Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> they turned that bitch up to and just like 95. waste waste his bro. <laughs> just ran into a rock, like. like like, God, no, like the other poor dude's just like shit. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, yeah, you got private dumb fuck here, just like launching you into a rock. Like, good job, man. I thought it was cool to see there was some good stuff here. Uh, when grief lines up that one stormtrooper or scout trooper into the the crosshairs, I I would have. I think we just learned that grief can't shoot for <laughs> shit. Like, how did that guy get? Like, how did he survive? Because he can't anything. hit anything. <laughs> like, he's like, I got this. Do you want to come back here yes. and try this? I got it. And it's just like, you see him like line up the, you know, line stuff up in his aiming and then just, pew, 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 just all, all over the place. Over the like, place. what? Like, geez, man, you aren't, sp- you're supposed to like squeeze the trigger, <laughs> not pull it. Like, good God. Right. <laughs> 
It, it was it was brutal to watch. The trigger all the time. Like, this guy, this guy just like sucking at life. Like he managed to hit one, and I'm like, cool, that makes sense. And then the rest of them, he's like, shit, yeah, I suck. Like, but this was great. I mean, this was great. Like I, I like the fact. Uh, the only thing that I have a, a complaint about is the fact that he only does manage to hit one of the the tie fighters. The scene where he lights up that scout trooper on top of the, the Trexler, that was that awesome. was great. That was. I had, like, Kara smashing the other that one was the good. wall. Like, just like, the fact Whoa. that he hits the one TIE fighter and it manages to wreck the gun, I mean... That was convenient, because I didn't want to see him yeah. like, trying to monkey fucking a coconut on that damn, damn like, gun anymore. I was like, stop it, man. Just, was there just any, stop. Kara, Kara was can't there do any it. doubt in your mind once you realize that it's the Razor Crest that, like, there's, there's no way that Armando is not going to absolutely not wreck these these tie fighters. Like, I, I believe the the line should be like game <laughs> over, man. Although the like right before we see that, you see you know little you know, klepto dude that just got his speeder wrecked. Go, we're uh-huh. almost there. What's that going to do you? Where, where are you? Like I, that. Like I'm still like I've watched this episode three times now, and I'm like, where, where were what? you almost? Because you were almost to wide open space where they could just strafe the shit out of you. Like where, where were what you? What good going? does it do you to get like, to town? Do you think that they're gonna stop shooting because you're like, oh, civilians? Like that sounds like a he thing. wasn't even almost to town. Like they were still in the canyon, and he's like, we're almost there. Cool, and I expected to see like a cave or something and you it, the camera pans and it is a wide open plane and i'm like where the fuck were you going <laughs> that you that you thought we were almost there it, it's just that one that one i really want to know please john favre tweet us. <laughs> like let us know for the love of, where was this dude thinking he was like was he lost did did he think there was some sort of cover like where Ooh, were you? We got almost? a little bit of feedback because you were going to need your ass to get rescued, no matter oh, there what. There we go. All right, pick it up. Okay. At now. Mm. Hello, welcome back. Hello there. I want to know where that dude thought he was. Like, was he lost? John Trevor, <laughs> let us know I, where was I that dude almost. <laughs> I genuinely because it was he thought that the tie fighters dead. wouldn't restrict the town. That's where. But like, why? They were nowhere near the town either. Like they were not even almost to the town. It wasn't even in the distance. It's just a wide open flat plane where you can hide nowhere. Well, like what? I did like the, all the scenes that we get, like the cockpit scenes from the Tie Fighters. That was super cool. And watching those guys' that reactions to getting just like their a, shit uh, rocked. An X-wing <laughs> game. I mean, getting to see the Tie Fighters' perspective. You usually get that right before they get blasted, and this episode kept that tradition alive um, very nicely. Where just these guys are just getting absolutely wrecked um, repeatedly. So, I mean that that ra- the Razor Crest doing those like stomach turning G movements, and that moment where he turns around, he goes, "Hey, hold oh on!" Oh my god! And you see Yoda like in the background with his arms coaster. up, like yeah, like he's I I rewound it again. <laughs> Exactly. He's like, hey, hang on. 
and he's just sitting there like we i'm like that's the first time i flew in a in a fighter jet that's exactly how i felt was just like oh my god this is amazing and then puked my guts out and then was like right back up like oh, oh my god this is amazing like and that's ex- like it was like little baby yoda because he's like yep yeah, at the very very end of it and just like pukes all his little macarons out. I mean, fucking fifty dollars of macarons. It led fuck to, you, Disney. It led to Jesus. a great line where you know ruining wants everything. To buy Mando a drink, and Mando has says he has. I think he says something. He's got maintenance to do. Um, got some but, maintenance. Yeah, which is great. And I, as as a as accurate. a new father, I'm like. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. Exactly. Like I'm just covered. I'm just covered in puke all the time. It's like, yeah, I got to do some maintenance. And he's just like wiping his mouth off with his cape. And I'm like, oh my god, I feel, I, I feel seen because <laughs> I like taking my shirt and like wiping, wiping little Bean's face <laughs> off and like wiping spit up off everything. <laughs> like, oh. yeah, I just have like spit up all over me at all times. Because and that's like Mando's like yeah got to take care of this using his own clothes to wipe them so, off I'm like that's awesome. Yes, did I you did enjoy seeing the Serenity, Serenity make an appearance in this here. episode? <laughs> in the background, what in the background? It was shooting the Tie Fighters because I, the Razor the Crest is the that was the, Serenity that was the thing that I I saw as a spoiler for this. I saw that somebody had put a screen grab up and they were like. This looks like Captain Mal is involved in it. Like, holy crap, it does. Um, I mean, <laughs> they need they to get will. Nathan Fillion and You know that this is going to lead to, you know, this is this is all of Hollywood going, I want to be in Star Wars. Can I be in Star Wars? Like, I mean, we're going to get, I mean, Please. this show is so popular. I can't see how they would not, I mean, not find a way to get some of the more famous, you know, sci-fi roles uh, or character actors into these kind of things. Um, but, but just to tie this one up, bring us bow, more out um, the last it. couple things here. We, we kind of touched on this briefly earlier, but um, we do get, I feel like this is the out that I was talking about for Kara earlier. Um, we get a return from Captain Carson um, and his X-Wing um, who apparently is, is playing the true law out here on the, outer rim right it's like if you yeah, if you ever make it out this far again because we know grief doesn't he's like this is this is our spot man like you go settle settle I, the other I planets thought it this is the outer rim we don't that, you the little moment he has with Kara. if they're gonna write her out of this show i think it's important i mean she'd be the first character to truly leave leave i think it's important that they you know they do the character justice um and i think it's 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 yeah. not earned yet, but I think the the line where he's talking about, you know, what she lost on Alderaan and the fact that he was from Alderaan. I was like, is he is he kind of a dick here? I was like, there. That seems a little insensitive to me. Like this whole whole line, like, hey, Emily, let me. Yeah. I, I get the like, hey, I served, I served with Alderaan. I, you know, you're from Alderaan. It doesn't say anything. He's like, did you lose anyone, motherfucker? What did you if you think? were there, like you know, and dad, the entire planet got blown up. Like, hey, <laughs> we're, we're just uh, just happened to be every human being she knows was off there. Of course she, of course she lost someone. Even before, the first time I watched it, we were sitting here, and he goes, "Did you lose anyone?" And I turned to Chris and I said, "Yeah, I lost everyone." And then she goes. I lost everyone <laughs> like because no shit like that is the obvious conclusion of this like you giant dick um, 
and then uh, I mean, Kristen had a good point that he, you know, it sounds like he's maybe you know being a just a douche, like an insensitive douche. But it's like poking the needle in, like, hey, we really need you because he knows they lost everyone, and he's like, you lost every. I know you lost everyone, so let me stab you just a little bit to maybe motivate you because. I know you lost everyone. You know you lost well, I mean, everyone. She's done Don't her, you want to do something about it? She's done her it? bit, though, right? I mean, she like, oh. she was she was that the the trooper that they sent. Like, she's the one that doesn't fear death because they're the ones that go into the hardest places, the toughest missions. I mean, this is the type of person that if you're going to put a leader into the outer rim, she lives on the outer rim. She needs to she needs to be the one in charge. I mean, she's yeah, already the one fulfilling this role. Yeah. Which is what he's trying to do. That it's that it could be, yeah, he's just kind of an insensitive jerk bumbling his way around trying to be a police officer out here. Or it could be he's going, why I you need you out up. here and I need you to remember why you, that's, that's totally why possible. you were a drop trooper think, in the first place. I think we might get more of that. Um, I, I, think it, I think it depends on what, oh, what Gina Carano decides. Um, and, you know, that's Unfortunate when you bring in real world into your sci-fi, but um, hmm. that as we have kind done of here every do. week for um, the past, but six the months. last little bit, and, and again, we've <laughs> kind of already touched on this as well. But we do get to see um, that Moff Gideon is alive and well. Um, we get to see him in, in real person now. Um, this time he's on a a cruiser, um, which this is a cruiser that, if you're familiar with Star Wars Rebels or familiar with what we do at all. We have talked about the our our Qutans, our Quetans class command cruiser. This is a cruiser that is all over. Yeah, that sounds good. All of the time. Our Ketans. Okay, we'll go with that. I think it's our Ketans. Um, I think. I don't know. We got three pronunciations. Please correct us on Twitter. Tell us the correct pronunciation of this. It, it fake again. It's ship. just it's just driving in a little <laughs> bit more the fact that. You know, this is the same universe. We're going to tie in Rebels a little bit more to this. Um, I, I thought that was a nice touch, not putting it on a Star Destroyer. You know, like that that could have been easy, but it wasn't. Right. That he this maybe isn't important not important enough. Like it's a smaller smaller craft. It's just a little command cruiser instead of like the giant. But we do see, um, and here's where we triangle. see that the the Membanese worker um, from. From a uh, grief cargo's work crew um, has hidden some sort of tracker beam, um, and our, our imperial officer who worked in the communications system tells Moff Gideon, um, and we get this kind of you know we now know you know we talked about like what are the arcs we know what the back half of the season is going to be is going to be you know the the Mandalorians trying to to hook up with Ahsoka, meanwhile you know Moff Gideon is going to be. Yeah, they're trying to get the child, which apparently the um, Imperial comms officer, her talent agency tweeted out that really she has some scenes with the child. So in case you wanted your talent agency to spoil anything for you, looks like the child might uh, might fall under Imperial control at some point. Because the Imperial comms officer, what a that actress has some do, scenes with, honestly. with the child. I mean, I get it. Like, you're trying to draw, like, you're trying <laughs> to drum up interest in yourself. But, like, seriously, shut up. Like, just let us enjoy something without trying to ruin <laughs> it. Um, 
It could be, Maybe but not. let's could be real. Be, it's 2020. Could be a red it's likely not a red herring. Um, uh, <laughs> but canceling but, canceling Imperials. Last thing before That's we get to cancel our culture about George canceling Lucas. the Empire. Um, these are totally dark troopers that are mm. um, in the the bays here, right? I, yes. I yes. Kristen was like, "Are those a bunch of Darth Vader's?" And I was like, "I think so." And watching again, I'm like, "No, those are dark troopers." Like. Holy shit, mm-hmm. I haven't seen those since I was like 14. Yeah. Like playing Dark these Forces. Are, like, these, it's, oh my it's, god. Dark Trooper is basically a stormtrooper that uses the same the same tech um, that saved Anakin Skywalker and turned him into Darth Vader. Um, and I have a theory that this is why we're... These are the volunteers um, that are receiving the, the child's blood yes. um, because they're trying to create a bunch of Jedi... Um, to battle Luke Skywalker, who, or at least force using, yes, like some sort of force, force sensitive, force using stormtroopers yeah, that I, maybe make him hit something. I tell you, they can certainly idea. hit you in dark, dark forces. And I, I mean, it's look, it's not groundbreaking or earth shattering, but I have a theory that this is, this is where we're headed. Um, that, and truthfully, the fact that they're bringing this back is absolutely a-okay by me um, because I am interested to see what we can do with this. I now really want and I a cameo we... from Kyle Katarn to make him canon again. I know I know the plans for the Death Star like storyline. We've we've got a whole movie about that. And I, I understand it's not going to be the, you know, the mm-hmm. Dark Forces theme because that was the original, like how the plans got got there was Kyle Katarn went and got them. But it's. I think it's. I hope they make. I hope totally they bring possible. And start um, canonizing I think it is him. Absolutely, totally possible with what we're about to see that he could be, maybe not who he was, but I think it's possible that we see him again as a, as a character. Um, I, I, I can't wait. We are. <laughs> we're three days away uh, tonight. Tuesday, so we've got a few more days before we can get to the actual episode. But uh, I can't wait. Cannot wait. Um, so it's really a great quickly, great end to end on Dark really Troopers quickly, I'm going to let you have the floor here um, tell me what you, what you saw about George Lucas's plans for the sequels the apparently Darth Maul was going to so as it said in the past few days or I think there's a, a new book releasing that's here's some more of the history and what George Lucas wanted and he thought he was going to have a little bit more say in the new new trilogy, but Darth Maul was going to be the big bad Ooh. of the new trilogy, and it was going to be mainly because he's a lot older. You know, he's he's gone through some surgeries. He's you know put him pulled himself back together up by his bootstraps, you might say. <laughs> and he was it was going to okay. be mainly focused around like his daughter, um, and that that was going to be kind of the big bad, like the Darth Vader Emperor relationship was going to be Darth Maul and his daughter. Still. So I'm like, oh, that that could have been super interesting. That it would have kind of wrapped it up with, you know, started out with, you know, the the son goes to the father, goes to now the next I'm generation, that the daughter. Been, that could have been interesting. Honestly, that might have been. I don't know. I would love if all these all these plans are like the alternates. To, I I know we haven't we haven't gotten there in Rebels, but like where that goes with the different 
the different possibilities of time. I think it would be super cool if they expanded this out and mm-hmm. said like, here's, you know, like a, yeah. how could this have happened? Or like the Marvel's what if universe, but it's like, you know, from a certain perspective or well down this thread of the force down this thread of you know, this particular, I'm, I'm trying to remember what the, what the actual like place is called. Oh, have yeah, that yeah. like spider web that about. Ezra ends up in that it's like well if you you know go down this thread here's how it could have happened and they kind of flesh that out a little bit with you know a, a book a comic a you know tv show whatever it is like you know well we know that's not what what happened but it could have like it's their version of the infinite universes theory and that would be that would be really cool to see like oh well this is you know darth maul and all that gets fleshed out and they we know that's not what what happened or they could you know wrap it up and go okay star wars is over and have a you know big crazy like infinity war style movie where it's that's the that's the end of it is okay here's the true path through and good wins or whatever that would be a really neat i don't a neat way to flesh out the universe even even more using just that one that one plot device so yeah that Star be, Wars, you heard it here first. That, I mean, it's like the Marvel 616 universe, right? Where they're doing on Disney Plus right now, which is like, you know, it's basically exactly what you're talking about, where it's, you know, what if a whole lot of what ifs, you know, if we go, we choose the left as opposed to the right, then we end up, mm-hmm. you know, with a completely different, um, completely different, notif- you know, universe. Yeah. This, and, I mean, like sliding doors. I don't know if you've ever seen that like that i mean those those kinds of things like if i had if i hadn't caught that stoplight what would have happened that kind of theory like those are fascinating to me like there's a broadway play called uh if then that's kind of the same thing like well what if i had done this instead like those those would be super cool and if if lucasfilm mm. marvel disney tries decides uh, to do this all we require yeah, is one percent one percent of the back end i'm that's cool it. with that one percent donated to house of Doom. <laughs> Shoot, we can take, I'll take a half a forty billion dollars and still be perfectly fine. <laughs> All right, no, All I'm right. sticking with one, one percent. I'm not greedy. I, I just, hey. I don't want to go back to work. But. <laughs> okay, fine, fine, half a percent. Well, it doesn't matter to me. We have reached the the end <laughs> of this way. episode. We've reached the the end of uh, of this week's yes. uh, dissection of of the Mandalorian. Um, this is the. I think we did well this week. Uh, you know, there was we, a lot. We more than doubled the episode's time and runtime. Um, but this is the part of the As episode we are where we tell do. you guys how to find us, um, because we know you are finding us. Um, hopefully, you're enjoying what you're hearing. Um, if you are, please, um, if it is not too much to ask, please give us a rating on any of the podcast services you're listening on. Um, yeah, I heard it described this way, and I'm gonna, you know, if you made it this far. You like the sound of our voice, but I'm going to describe it this way is it it really doesn't um, it's not a huge deal, but it does help other people who may like stuff like this find us. And that's a huge deal to us. Um, So hopefully you're not, you know, just listening to this or turning us on to go to sleep and then never, you know, making it past five minutes. Um, um, But we do have soothing voices. But please, and if we, uh, if we don't know where you found us, us. So. Um, if you want to find us, if you want to find us on the internet, we have in the, the show notes, the Discord, our Gmail account, our Twitter account. Um, we're on Twitter at Nerds House of. We're on Gmail at House of Nerds 2020. 
We have a Discord community, which is just me and the snark waving at each other occasionally. We have a Facebook group. Uh, come find it. Called House of Nerd. Please, please join. We're we're vaguely vaguely active in the in the Star Wars, a couple of different Star Wars groups. So if you've seen us post on post on there, just hey, oh, you heard us from Facebook. Give us a shout out or come join come join the group. It's probably not going to be anything fine for now. We but, we we you know, with just the two of us definitely obviously enjoy talking about Star Wars, and we love talking about Star Wars with people that like Star Wars. So come join us. We, we, we're always up for being told we're wrong or right or, or whatever it is you feel that you need to interject. We'd be glad to have you. So, even if it's just to true. teach someone uh, how to run not a opp- surgery, we are group not now. opposed to being corrected. <laughs> and if we that are person is listening, they know who this is a shout out to. That you've joined us. We, we actually <laughs> we are do enjoy the conversation, <laughs> even if we don't always agree. Um, but that's. That's the point oh, yeah. of discussion is that sometimes you don't agree, but Snark, I'm going to turn it over to you to wrap it up as we always do, sir. Thanks y'all. Happy Thanksgiving. Is, we'll talk to you guys next week.